Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. We are back on a Monday night, and holy shit, did we have a rapid, rapid fire of news that just went on over the weekend, which is pretty common, apparently. Every time when I leave, and after I do a podcast, after I leave the show and do a podcast episode on a Thursday night, it's always for some reason that the news wants to collaborate. It wants to continue to go forth just a little bit more over the weekend. So, with that being said, let's not waste any time here. This podcast will be a rapid-fire, all-Marvel and DC Comics news. Now, in order to separate them completely, I'm going to focus on the Marvel news first and the DC Comics news right after. So, with that being said, like Venom always says, so many snacks, so little time. Let's go right down to it, shall we? This episode of the podcast gives a shout-out to... Habib Nurmagomedov. Yes, guys. I have betted and I lost. 500 big ones. I thought my man Justin Gaethje could do it, but instead, he became number 29 to the undisputed, undefeated, Dagestani champion himself, Habib Nurmagomedov. And I have to say, I do not remember if I ever felt so happy in terms of looking at a champion and just witness all of the emotions that he poured out in the middle of the cage after the fight was done. Because for for you that do not know in any way, he lost his father due to complications of COVID. And he pretty much marked this fight as his very last fight after his mother asked him not to fight anymore, not to come back to the cage without his father. He promised her that this would be his last one, and due to the fact that this is a guy that lives by the book, that is a man of his word, that is very that is very family oriented, I definitely believe him. As I said, I, even though I lost the bet, even though I lost five hundred dollars plus sixty five for the pay per view, even though I lost all of that money, I am content, I am proud, and I am happy to witness this dominant champion. His final match in the most devastating fashion ever. It was probably as GSP, George St. Pierre, as he would say, perfection in every way. 29-0, he will forever be missed as one of the greatest dominant champions. Number one pound-for-pound guy. And to me, is on par with GSP as the greatest of all time. The GOAT. The MMA GOAT in its entirety. I would love for him to come back and do one more match. One more match against GSP. Or the fight that never was that we diehard fans always wants to see and will love to see more than anything else. Habib versus Tony Ferguson. Unfortunately, the MMA gods do not allow that, will not allow that to happen. Five times it's been booked, five times it fell out. But, 
as a fan, as a human being, I give him the credit that he deserves. So to end this right now, the shout out, Habib Nurmagomedov. Thank you so much for your dominance, for your work, for everything that you do inside the cage. You are definitely a role model to everyone else around the world. I hope you come back to the cage one day and give us that dream fight that we all know and love. But if you don't want to, it's okay. Once again, my sincerest condolences to you and your family. Your father, I'm sure, was a great man. And if this is the path that you choose, there will never, ever, ever, ever be a champion like you. Habib Nurmagomedov, you are the best. You are not number one bullshit. You are the best. That's all we have for our shoutouts. Let's dive into some Marvel news, starting with the epic news of our Moon Knight has been casted. And that starts right in a bit. So, today's news has been set. We finally have our Moon Knight. Oscar Isaac, not Keanu Reeves, has been casted as our Marvel's Batman, basically. Yes, Moon Knight is essentially Marvel's Batman. We spoke about this already. And I have to say, I don't mind this casting choice at all. I mean, let's face it. Oscar Isaac played numerous roles. He's from many movies. He's a Guatemalan actor. Very good at what he does. He was Apocalypse in X-Men Apocalypse. He was the voice of Spider-Man 2099 for the post credit scene for Into the Spider-Verse. So he already has credibility in terms of playing a superhero and a supervillain. So playing an anti-hero like Moon Knight should be a breeze in a particular way. You get the best of both worlds. And I understand some fans are freaking out, blah, 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 saying, oh, this is the worst casting. And some people say, here's the thing. I've never really understood why someone would say something like, oh, my God, this is the worst casting ever. The fact is, we just don't know. Oh, okay. Let's face it. I was, you know, responsible for this as well, because if I see a casting that's just too far-fetched or a little bit out there, yeah, I will question it. And maybe some fans and some hardcores, even the trolls, maybe they see something that I don't. Maybe they see that, oh my god, this guy was in this movie and this movie, he was terrible. Like, how could you put him in this? So, I can understand certain people's perspective, but I'm not here to judge. Now, I know right off the bat that he was in the Star Wars movies playing as Poe Dameron. I honestly don't know who that is because I, I'm i not a Star Wars guy and I've not seen any of the Star Wars movies. Yeah, I know. Sue me. I, I don't care. I'm just, I'm, that's just not my realm. That's just not my world to go into. And I could look at it and I'm like, I don't get it. The same way I know certain people, they look at Marvel and, and superhero related content. They could look at that and be like, I don't get it. So Star Wars is not my realm, but we're not here to talk about that. Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. I have a few concerns, and it's not about the casting. 
the casting is fine. If the directors and the showrunners and whoever believes that he can pull off a great Moon Knight, that he can pull off a great character like this, I'm all for it. That's fine. You know, we don't judge a book by its cover. My concern is, since this obviously belongs to the MCU, and it will premiere on Disney+, Plus whenever it's going to be sometime next year or the year after, will the MCU actually not depict the issue of dissociative identity disorder or multiple personality disorder, will they not make that lighthearted? In other words, will the MCU actually take an illness like that very, very seriously and actually make this show a very dark and gritty type tone how it's supposed to be? I mean, let's face it, the MCU... They have dipped their toes on a lot of dark tones before, a lot of dark themes, especially when it comes to either PTSD or depression or, you know, in any case, like suicide. But then again, that goes to the bad guys. We don't really focus too much that on the good guys. My point is this. This character suffers from multiple personality disorder. It's what makes him who he is. So how will the MCU for Disney Plus, how will they target that as as being not as lighthearted as most Marvel movies and shows are, but actually being a little bit more serious, a little bit more grounded, so to speak. You know what I mean? I, th- that's just the only concern that I have. Otherwise, if they've had this conversation for a while, and, and first of all, before anyone tells me or, you know, tells me to check my history where someone can be like, Well, they actually did play Moon Knight in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon show for, you know, ABC or XD Fox or whatever it be going to. Yeah, that's a cartoon. Completely different. We've seen a lot of violence through cartoons all the time. And I can't even count to par with that, okay? I'm talking about an actual show where they focus on the human psyche of Moon Knight and the fact that he does suffer from this illness, multiple personality disorder. You know, maybe I'm looking too much into it. Maybe I should wait and see what happens in terms of when the show comes out. But like I said, those are my only concerns. You know, I, I can't be blamed over what my opinion is. You know, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. Anyway, moving on. Rapid fire, as I said. Tom Holland has confirmed that he has a script from Spider-Man 3 and therefore is now shooting in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, take with this what you will. That basically means that they started filming. They started filming and the movie will be coming out next December. December of 2021. Jesus Christ. God damn. The fact that we have to wait so long. I like how the fact that I went on Twitter... And I was scrolling through the videos and apparently someone actually thought that they saw Andrew Garfield like getting into a car and someone got all freaked out about it. And the person that actually shot the video confirmed that it was not Andrew Garfield, that it was actually from a previous shooting that Tom Holland did because he plays Nathan Drake in the movie Uncharted that's going to be coming out sometime next year or so. So I found that to be hilarious, by the way, on the fact that The diehard fans, myself included, want to hang on to this news for so much, for so long, that they're they're looking for anything, anything and everything to ensure that 
they have some ray of hope for Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, and Tobey Maguire to be in the same scene. And we spoke about this before. We did. That I honestly do believe that it's still going to happen. And I'm pretty sure they're going to keep it on the hush-hush until the trailers come out. Until the trailers come out and we see all three of them, that would be swell. Swell. (laughs) That will be fucking awesome. You know? So, as of this moment, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. But Tom Holland filming Spider-Man 3. I wonder what's it going to be called. Spider-Man 3 Home Run. Or... Spider-Man Home Invasion. Because it has to have a home in the title. Spider-Man Homelessness. Eh. Yeah, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Maybe, can you imagine if what I said actually turned out to be the thing? Yeah, they'll figure it out. Anyway, moving on to our next piece of news for the MCU. Blade. Apparently the showrunners are looking for writers for the Blade movie. So that way he can debut in the MCU. Now... I think it was either last year or the year prior where they did the convention where we've seen who is going to be the starring role for Blade and it's going to be Mahershala Ali. I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. Mahershala Ali. If you guys don't remember him, he played Cottonmouth in Luke Cage. And even though the Netflix shows are not canon to the MCU shows, we've spoken about this already. It's going to be very interesting to see how his portrayal of Blade is going to be. It's going to be very hard for me to not picture anyone else except Wesley Snipes to play this role. It's going to be very, very hard for me to even fathom that. But when the movie comes out, which I think they did say that they wanted to make it a show first, but some had changes of heart and now it's becoming a film, which is fine. It's fine. Not everything needs to be a show. And not everything needs to be a movie. It really depends on what goes on and, you know, how is it executed and what is going on in front of us. Now, I do want to say, I would love to see Blade versus Morbius. We gotten that in the Spider-Man animated series. We gotten that. We gotten a taste of that. Now, imagine what it's like in the big screen. Morbius, played by Jared Leto, against Blade. In the MCU. Woo-wee. That would be fucking awesome to see. It really would. Hashtag take my motherfucking money. Take my money. I wonder how they're going to introduce the idea of vampires in the MCU. Because I know mutants are going to be involved. Obviously. Thanks to Nick Fury and thanks to Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. But how will... How will the incorporation of vampires is going to be in the MCU. Like, who's going to start it? Is it... Will it have anything to do with the multiverse from Doctor Strange? Will it have anything to do with some kind of experiment going wrong? You know, is it going to be a plague? Is it going to be some kind of virus? Is it going to be, you know, some kind of underground storyline where they let dormant and they lived beside this the entire time? Like, how will they incorporate the idea of vampires in the MCU? That... That is something that I really, really want to know. And hopefully the movie executes it very well. I will say this. With the inclusion of Blade and vampires, Morbius, and all this other stuff that's going to be intertwined 
I really, really hope that they make Blade a rated R film. It's the same argument that I've had for Carnage, for Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. It's the same argument that I've had for many, many films that has a very, very dark tone. You need to have movies like that rated R. If it's PG-13, it is not going to explore the dark tones that it's supposed to represent. I mean, come on, it's a movie about a half-breed vampire fucking fighting vampires. Like, you can't get any PG-13. You, you just can't. Come on, MCU. Come on. Grow some balls. You already have Deadpool. You already have Morbius now that's going to be intergrind from Sony, hopefully. You already have all these other things. Make Blade rated R. You know you want to. You know you want to. Last piece of the MCU news that we gotten from Marvel. The Wakanda Files. Apparently there is a book called... The Wakanda Files, a technological exploration of the Avengers and beyond. And what this is, is actually a book that ties into the details of what goes on in the MCU. So this book, this physical copy book, is canon. And therefore, it gives so many detailed either blueprints or cliff notes or anything that we may have missed that we already know. Or maybe have missed in terms of watching films. For example... Just recently, there were some news that apparently Tony Stark had known about Spider-Man for a while and he kept tabs on him and he said something along the lines of this isn't special effects or this isn't fake or something along those lines. That's within the book. The Wakanda Files apparently is the book that has all of these details that us diehard fans desperately wants to know. Or at least have missed and would like to know firsthand. There was another example where Shuri, Black Panther's sister, Shuri is on the verge of wanting to make super soldiers. And the fact that she was envious on Scott Lang's and Hank Pym's travel to the quantum realm. So that's a very interesting detail. And I'm wondering if this is a foreshadowing or a prelude in terms of what may happen in Marvel Phase 4 and 5. Will Shuri, in a way, adapt into the quantum realm herself? For what reason? For what purpose? Who the fuck knows? But it's very interesting to know that detail. You know, you also got some other things like Spider-Man's webbing, what it's actually consisted of. Which, I'm gonna find fucking hilarious that someone, some nerd or some scientist or whoever is actually going to go to a chemist lab and tries to look at all of these details and see if they can actually make real webbing. I guarantee someone, there's going to be that one guy, that one fucking guy that's going to do that. It's going to be fucking hilarious. But you know what I'm trying to say. All of these little details is within this book. And it's on Amazon right now. I think it costs like 50 or 60 bucks, but they won't be coming in until like November. So I already ordered mine last night. I fucking already ordered mine because let's face it. I want to find out more of these details. You know, it also has little things like it's been proven that Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch have genetic anomalies that relates to the mutant genes, which is fucking obvious. But that explanation alone could explain not only to the audience but to the characters themselves the importance of mutants in general you know what I mean so 
this book actually have these details. I'm very fascinated to see what other stuff this book has, and I'm gonna fucking get it. I'm gonna fucking get it in November. Maybe there's a maybe I can do a podcast episode that details all of the main important stuff within this book. Or maybe I should just withhold it and not spoil anything. But anyway, once again, it's called The Wakanda Files, A Technological Exploration of the Avengers and Beyond. So if you want this book, go buy it now. Wait until November for it to come and get shipped to your door. If you are a massive diehard fan like I am, you'll fucking want it. That's all we have for all of the Marvel and MCU films. Let's dive into some DC Comics. We'll be right back after these messages, which is nothing. You know, I really like the transition music from this one. I'm debating if I should put it in for my future episodes. But anyway, DC Comics news. Unlike the Marvel, we're only going to spend very quickly on each of them because they're not really much to elaborate on. As some of you may have already known, Curran Walters, the guy that plays Jason Todd in DC Universe's Titans, gave us a picture of the Red Hood costume. And dare I say, it looks fucking badass. I've always been a fan of Red Hood, considering that I'm a Batman fan. It's important for Titans, in a way, to actually portray this character very, very well. Which means, there could be a chance that we might actually see Jason Todd die. Which is so funny, because in the second season, they actually teased out a little bit only for the showrunners to like smack us in their face and be like nope not this time that's not gonna happen but if the red hood is coming back does that mean that the joker will be coming back too because he does become the red hood because of joker does this mean that we actually get to see jason todd death and maybe see the lazarus pith actually come to life you know not the same as gotham but titan's version so there is that Can't wait to see it in actual full costume and full, you know, that's right there, that's on the screen. You know, by the way, speaking of Red Hood costume, I have to say, shout out for Death Battle for actually giving us that awesome fucking scene of Red Hood versus Winter Soldier. I mean, that was fucking awesome. It really was. I really like it when they do the live action fights of Death Battle. You know what I'm talking about. It's time for a death battle! Yeah. Uh, Screw Attack. Yes. Shout out to Screw Attack. They do the death battle shows. They basically pick two characters with similarities and put them against each other. My favorite one so far is that. Daredevil versus Nightwing. Virgil versus Sephiroth. Dante versus Bayonetta. And so many to fucking choose. Batman versus Spider-Man. There's so many to fucking choose. So check them out if you haven't checked them out already. None of the case. Red Hood, can't wait to see him on Titans. Hopefully Season 3 won't be as bad as Season 2, but I digress. I digress. Speaking of costumes, there is one that I really want to say real quick that I think is not bad. I just, it really doesn't phase me in any way, shape, or form. 
And I know some people are going to defend it in, in as as diehard as they can. And of course, I have to see the show in its entirety for me to even have an opinion on it. But I will say, Ruby Rose's costume looked a little bit better because it was a lot simpler. Javisha Leslie has given us the new look of Batwoman for Season 2's Batwoman. And I have to say, it's not that I'm against it. I just look at that and I instantly think to myself, Comic-Con. Like, she looks like a person that can go to Comic-Con in that costume. I don't know if it's the wig. I just don't know if it's someone else that Ruby Rose obviously is not playing anymore. I, I don't know what it is. You know, maybe I have to see the show for me to get invested in this character. That I have to get invested in her look. That I have to get invested in terms of what she does as far as the show is concerned. But... I look at that and I'm like, oh yeah, want to go to a convention with me? That's that's exactly what I think. And again, I have to see the show for me to have a strong formal opinion on her. I just, I just don't care. I, I, I don't care enough for me to even talk negative or positive about it. I just look at that costume and I think, Comic-Con, yeah, so... I know it's bad for me to say that. I know it's rude of me or some people might ridicule me for that. I can't help it. I call it like I see it. I call it like I see it. I know that we have spent rapid fire throughout this entire time and those were only two pieces of news. But considering the fact that we are almost out of time, I will give you this one final one. Ha, one final one. Deathstroke. Deathstroke is now in talks and will be shooting scenes for Zack Snyder's Snyder Cut version of the Justice League. So last week we had confirmation that Jared Leto's Joker is going to be in it. Now, Deathstroke, played by Joe Manganiello. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Magniello. Magniello. One of the sexiest men in all of fucking time. Okay, there. Okay, I fucking said it. I fucking said it. Alright. I saw Magic Mike 2. Sort of. Not really just clips. Yeah, one of the sexiest men ever lived, okay? He's going to be Deathstroke. Deathstroke, awesome fucking character. Love playing as him in the Injustice game. I read a lot of the comics. Slade Wilson is fucking awesome. And the fact that he gets to be Deathstroke, and he's going to be having a larger role, or so he claims, for the Zack Snyderverse, it makes me wonder, with the Joker, are they setting up the Injustice League? Or are they setting up an actual fight for Batman to face off against Deathstroke? Because who do not want to see that? Who do not want to see that awesome fucking fight? I would love to see it. So, if Deathstroke is going to be in it, you got my vote. You got my vote, Zack Snyder. You got my vote. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. I know that DC Comics was not as long as Marvel, but I did say that some points are longer than others. This one just happened to be really short. It is what it is. With that being said, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. Continue to follow and subscribe. Continue to share to everyone you know that Outside the Comics Volume 2 is growing bigger, better, and better. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit me up. Mike Garcia VO or OTC Volume 2. Volume completely spelled with the number 2, but you already know that. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter. And as a reminder, starting November, I'd say around, 
I'd say around the first or second week of November, I will be doing a Facebook group chat for this podcast. So that way I can have your opinion. I can have, we can have discussions. We can have talks. We can have anything that you want in terms of what your mindset is, what your thought presses are. And we're going to distribute it into this podcast. We're going to tell everyone in the world what diehard fans actually think. Because I know I'm not the only one. And I'm genuinely open-minded to see what you would have to say. So before we end this night off, let's go into our super villain quote of the day. And this one is none other from The Black Mask. If you have a gun, you can rob a bank. But if you have a bank, you can rob everyone. My reaction to that is this. This is exactly one of the main reasons why I don't keep all of my money in the bank. Because if something happens and then my money goes away and they owe me that money, they could have a loophole that says, well, we can't give you nothing. I know that's not really what the quote is trying to say, but that's my reaction nonetheless. Guys, have a great night. Tune in Thursday night where we will talk more on all the happenings that goes on in the comic book world of movies and television shows. And always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it. Stay safe. Till next time, I'm done, I'm through, peace out.